0: Good uh, morning once again. If uh, you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the Gospel according to Matthew. Please turn with me to the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and I'll read from verse 1 to 9 verse 1 to 9 this is from the English Standard Version Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 to 9 hear the word of God as it comes to you that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withdrew away. They withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced Uh, grain some a hundredfold some 60 and some 30 he who has ears let him hear let us pray gracious God eternal God Now we are about to expound on your mysteries. Your holy word, God breathes. May we tremble as we seek to understand what you would love to communicate to us today. May we tremble that this is your very word and so may we not treat it the way we want to, but the way it ought to be treated, with reverence and awe and truthfulness and and so heavenly father help me to be clear help me to not venture into error or to go beyond what is written but to stick to the text and stick to the word and help my hearers to concentrate oh how oh god that someone may be saved today oh how dear heavenly father that this word may change somebody's soul today by your holy spirit and i pray that the christians will come become be comforted and may walk this pilgrimage with fear and trembling with joy and confidence this i pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So we are in Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 to 9. If you have been with us uh, at BRBC, we, we have been going through Ephesians. So what I usually do is I spend three weeks in Ephesians and then one weekend or one week as such as today in a topical sermon and so we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 to 9 I've titled the sermon four types of people in the church today because I want to address an important topic That the church of Christ with all its problems has got different types of people that flock to it. Different types of people who are in different conditions that flock to the church of Christ. Even as we see what is in the text... I would like to start by saying there is no name under heaven through men through which men must be saved. There is no name much more hallowed but also much more blasphemed than the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no name that demons tremble at than the Lord Jesus Christ. When people are in distress They invoke the name of Jesus. When people are in trouble, they call out Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And only remember him when they are in distress. You see, I don't want... Many people don't really want Jesus for who he is. They want Jesus for the alleviation of pain. They don't want Jesus of Lazarus of Nazareth, but they you see they think of him as someone who can give them money, as someone who can remove them from their problems, as someone who can who they can call upon on Easter or Christmas, and as we know that not all who say Lord, Lord will see the kingdom of God friends sorry this is distracting you can remove it if it's not working we don't need online stuff we need the word of God if it's it's a problem remove it thank you we need to be in the word of God if it's not working throw it away Right. So, why am I telling you all of this? I'm telling you all of this because Jesus is the main feature of the Bible. In the Gospel, according to Matthew, Jesus is presented as the Messiah. Matthew is writing to Jews, he's writing to Jews to usher in a new kingdom and he's showing them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the promised Messiah who is meant to come and save his people from their sin. And the structure of Matthew is very remarkable. It's it's divided into three parts. From chapter one to uh, chapter two, that is the prologue or the introduction. From chapter three to chapter 28 is the main body. Of the gospel according to Matthew and chapter 28 is the epilogue or the conclusion so where we are in chapter 13 the Lord Jesus Christ is right in the middle of his ministry right at the epitome right at the concentration in other words this is where the rubber is the road and we see that Jesus is at the Sea of Galilee. And this was right after Jesus had sort of rebuked his family. From chapter 12, verse 46 to 49, we see that whilst he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother? and my brothers and stretching out his hand towards the disciples he said here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother and we see the is that Jesus when he told this parable is at a place called the clove of the sower right on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, where it has been said that it was like a clove, like like an arena whereby people could sit and watch over into the sea. And so there were about 5,000 to about 7,000 people that could be seated there. So this is almost like a, a mega church. That's why it says there in in chapter 13 that the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat behind the sea, beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about. Great crowds, throngs of people, of different people from different parts of the world in that community, from different backgrounds. some were prostitutes some were Sadducees some were Pharisees some had heard that there's a Messiah so they wanted to hear who this person is some were sick even as we look at this text friends I want you to see two things to keep two things in mind first of all I want you to see God as the sower Because he's the sower. The second thing that I want you to see is the seed is the word of God. Alright? The sower is God. The seed is the word of God. And let us walk through the text together. Even as we see these four types of people. I'll read as as, as we're going through. Let us read together and see what the word of God is saying. Chapter 13. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat behind the sea. And great crowds gathered about him. This is an interesting statement. Because in, in the gospel according to Mark, Jesus is already... Mark chapter 4 verse 1. Mark records that Jesus had already begun teaching. Luke also records in Luke chapter 8, verse 4, records that Jesus was already teaching. But here Matthew starts at the beginning that Jesus actually left his house after these things. You know, the same day after ministry, he was probably tired. He was probably And, And we don't know why Jesus went out to the sea. Maybe he wanted to rest. Maybe he wanted to pray as per his fashion. Maybe he just wanted time alone. Who knows? But there we see Jesus is going beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him. In other words, they were teaming up to the shore with an eagerness to get to the Messiah. They, they were sort of crowding him out such that he had to get into the boats and sat down. And friends, this is the picture really that we see in the church today. When you look at the church the way it is, it comes in different forms and shapes and sizes, but the, but the, the reality is true, there is... A certain interest or for Jesus Christ. It may be genuine. It may be fake. It may be, well, I just want to be around the people of God. But the truth is, Jesus Christ is known. Jesus Christ raises attention. Whether it's for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons. He's the name above all names. He's the one who was the Messiah. Here he is in Galilee at the sea. And these people come and draw upon him. And even as they were coming towards him, we see that Jesus begins to speak and teach. Verse 3, and he told them many things in parables. He told the many things in, 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 in an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He said the following. A sower went out to sow. That's God and his word. A sower went out to sow. A farmer. Picture a farmer carrying a basket with some seeds. And he went to sow. He's got an intentionality and the intentionality is to plant. Ladies and gentlemen, the the word of God has an intentionality. It is not something that is just said to pass time. Or it is not something that is just said for us who, who, who maybe we are bored in our own homes. and have got nothing to do. There is an intentionality. The word of God must be sown. And God is the sower. And we see here that as the sower went out to sow. In verse 4 we see. The first person That we see in the church of God today I've called this person The unconverted And hardened Listen to the word of God And as he sowed Some seeds fell along the path And the birds came And devoured them As the word of God Is preached Week in week out the word of God is hindered because the person has been so hardened by sin. So given over to Satan that they are indifferent. They are unbothered. They are just the same. They are unaffected. In fact, they are hostile to God. They hate God. They are an enemy of God. They come to church, they sit in the pews, and the gospel is preached. The gospel is declared, but they're unaffected because their hearts are hardened by sin. This is what the parable is saying. Because if you see the answer in verse 19 of chapter 13, listen to what Jesus gives as an answer. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. What has been sown in his heart This is what was sown along the path In other words, friends This is a terrible state To be in Dr. R.C. Sproul observes that In Jesus' metaphor These seeds fell on the earth That was packed down Therefore they remained on the surface of the earth Rather than sinking into the soil That was soft and loose So that meant they were easily spotted And consumed by birds Now in the crowds friends there were probably fishermen Sadducees, Pharisees All sorts of people Some came from far Some were given to vain idolatry some were bound to be, as Paul put it, following the course of this world. So you would have many who were in that state. You would have many who were there just to mock Jesus, just to jeer Jesus, and just to oppose. And this is who Jesus is talking about. He addresses them. He says, I tell you, a saw went to Saul. And he addresses the first group of people, the unconverted and hardened. Listen to what J.C. Ryle says. He says they are exposed. They can't even hide their disdain for the word of God. Truth seems to have no effect on their hearts than water on a stone. I don't know if you've ever come across someone like that. Someone who comes to church. They maybe come to church for 60 years. For one reason or another, we don't know why. But they are there. And when the word of God is preached, they are unaffected. They just remain the same. No fruit in their life. No testimony of salvation, no fruit that accompanies the, uh, the fruit of repentance, are just the same, unaffected. They come to view what's happening in the church. They come to observe. They are what in psalm 135 verse 16 to 7 would describe as, as as it was describing the idols they have mouths but do not speak they have eyes but do not see they have ears but do not hear nor is there any breath in their mouth they are dead they are dead in their trespasses they think they are alive but they are dead They have no spirituality. They don't have spiritual life. These are the first category that Jesus is dealing with. And friends, even as we see in the text, Jesus continues to deal with the same category. There are three different types of people in the same category. And then he differentiates it with the last one. Is this you, friend? Does it describe your state? As you come to church, you're just unaffected. You don't love other people. You don't love the word of God. Your mind is elsewhere when the word of God is being preached. You're thinking about the next business deal. You're thinking about, well, when can I leave this church very quickly? When, what's the next bus that's waiting for me outside? You think, oh, my lunch, I'm hungry. I just want to eat. Let the pastor finish preaching so I can go and eat. You, you don't care about midweek meetings. You don't care about praying for other people. You don't care about visiting other people. You don't care. There's no care in your life. This is jesus talking about first category unconverted and hardened and satan uses those people mighty those are the same people that bring divisions in church I have been in church for such a long time we call the shots but their hearts are hard and they love sin They are hypocrites. I would warn you, friend, that you are in danger if you're like this. I would warn you to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even these kids here who come to church, they don't know that they're sinners. They don't know that they need the gospel desperately. They must be made to know. He's the only one that can give you ears to hear. Eyes to see. And a heart that readily receives. The word of God. Jesus. Jesus. Secondly, I want us to see the unconverted. And religious. (laughs) Jesus is not holding back. Verse 5. Others. Others other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depths of the soil but when the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no roots they withered away doesn't that describe the unconverted and religious and religious Even as you see according to this description The word fell upon a promising soil It is further emphasized by the wording there That they sprang up Since they had no depth of soil And it seemed one moment that there was fruit It seems that one moment They were following their savior Haven't you seen people like that? It seems like they are saved. It seems like they've got fruits. It may even seem like they've got some sort of religion. But there's nothing. Once the truth of God's word is preached. Once the truth of God is proclaimed. They they flee. Jesus gives us the answer again to the meaning of this parable. I I love Jesus because he never left people without answers. Listen to what he says there in verse 20 of chapter 13. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on on account of the word, immediately he falls away. When persecution arises, when it seems as if the church of God is, is, is under persecution, this person flees. How many churches lost supposed Christians in the COVID 19? Same people say, oh, you know, I was leading worship. I was even preaching, leading Bible study. But they were not converted. According to this text, they were never Christians. There was some sort of deception that happened. When hard times prevailed, they left. When persecution arose, they left. Likewise, when Jesus preached the truth, the crowds left. Turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 60 to 71. I want us to really interact with the word of God. And see for it, that, and see to it that we are, we, are, we are learning, we are heeding, we are heeding warnings. I'll read. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? So Jesus said to the twelve Do you want to go away Yourself Simon Peter answered Lord to whom Shall we go you have the the words of Eternal life and we have believed And and have come to know that you are the Holy one of God Jesus answered them did I not choose you The twelve, and yet one of you is, Is a devil He spoke Of Judas the son of Simon Iscariot for he one of the twelve was going to betray. And friends, the lesson that we learn there is that there are some who start off zealous but fall by the wayside. Watch your doctrine and your life. I plead with you, even Christians, those who say you are Christians. I plead with you, watch your life and your doctrine. Don't be too Pompous! Don't be too arrogant Hold fast to what is true Tremble at the word of God Because you may be found to be this person You may be found to be unconverted and religious You know the law. You know the Christianese. You speak the Christian language. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. But your heart is dead. Your soul is dead. You may turn to the east and turn to the west and pray facing the north and go up to the mountain and shave your hair and wear garments but you are dead they came to you they even told their conversion story they stood before the church but a few months later, they are blaspheming God. A few months later, they are a hater of the church and a, and a clear child of Satan who hates God and is against the holy God. Some who started off very well. Christian camps. Oh, this was a leader. This was a very godly woman. She was even going after gays and lesbians and going to evangelize to the lost, but because they are unconverted, they they turn off to be in a worse state, worse state. Is this you? Is this you? Does it describe you? When the word of God is preached, you think that you know it all. You think you are religious. But there is no life in you. Well, some Armenians hold to this verse and say that people have lost their salvation, or people can lose their salvation. They would even use Hebrew 6 as well to justify their position. They will, they will use this verse to try and convince people that you can lose your salvation, but the text itself refutes that. It says, no, 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 don't be deceived. This one is not saved. He's just religious. I won't get too entangled in what the Armenians believe. But I want us to focus on the text. The answer is in Matthew 13, verse 20, 20, 21. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word immediately, receives it with joy. Okay, they seem zealous. They seem to be hearing what the word of God is saying. They even show some signs. Yet he has no root himself, so he's not saved. But he endures for a while just to save face. That's when you hear people making excuses. Oh, you know, I'm going to work. Ah, friend, where have you been? Ah, you know, Pastor Joe, the work, work is, is tough. School is tough. It starts with, it starts, it starts with little excuses. I don't know if you've ever noticed people who are like that. It starts with little excuses until they're actually absolutely gone. It, 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 it does not only happen to me, we've seen it all across the board. Gone, gone, gone. These are the religious teachers of the law who want to be seen in the streets. In their attire. Grace and peace. The ones who say they were born Christians. But we know that in actual fact. No one is born a Christian. Everyone must be born again. If you think you are born a Christian. You are not a Christian. You are not a Christian. You need to be born again. They are the ones who perform miracles in Jesus' name. All of these false prophets, they are not Christians. They are unconverted and they are religious. Sometimes they are even people who stand up to preach. They may even be in the youth team or even leading worship. But I want us to go quickly To the third person Still same category Jesus is saying Beware That you can be sitting in the church But you know You have no spiritual life in you Verse 7 Other seeds Fell among the thorns And the thorns grew up and choked them. You know, I'm sure there were mixed reactions to Christ's teaching. I don't even, I don't know if the crowds were still swelling or they had left. But 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 Christ addresses a third crowd which I would say is equally found to the church found in the church today. The word sown on the thorns grew up and choked them. Let, let me give you an illustration of what that, what that looks like. It's like saying you've got a garden of vegetables. And the rain pours and pours and pours. What grows up? Weeds. What do the weeds do? They choke and stunt the growth. They kill the vegetables. They kill the grass. They kill the good plantations which you have planted. Jesus gives another answer to who these people are. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Oh, how we need this word today. These are the ones whom the cares of the world, worldliness consumes them, money, the first life. how how, how, how riches give a a false sense of security how that person having tasted money and having seen the comfort it gives, the word of God suddenly becomes dull boring and old fashioned how one came to the church as as a as a poor man or a poor woman or had nothing and they seemed to have the fruit of, of the spirit they seemed to be saved but then when they tested riches they disappeared gone the love of money the love of fame the love of pleasure that's what he says that's what it means there that the cares of this world, a preoccupation with night clubbing, a preoccupation with wanting to be found with the famous people of Zimbabwe, a preoccupation with the love of money. You know, in Harare, everyone is all about money. I'm chasing money. Even on the Lord's Day, people are chasing money. All oh, that money would kill us we will die everyone oh I'm doing this I'm selling this you will die with your money and go to hell I'm telling you you will die with your money you will die with your husband When you go out there and you tell, tell people by, about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you hear arrogant responses. <laughs> you don't know the wrath that is, that is about to fall upon you. And, and for me, it makes me tremble. It makes me tremble because you don't know that you are in danger, and that if you die now, right at this moment, if you have to be struck by COVID and you're not a Christian, you will go to hell. That I guarantee you, my friend. That I guarantee you, you will go straight to hell, and you, you 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 will rue the opportunity when you're given a chance to hear the gospel (sighs) instead you've got Christians who say that they are Christians and they love to go out and sleep with many people they've tested the forbidden fruits of the world and friends that does not coexist with God. Those two are not Siamese twins. They don't go together. You can't be living like a devil. And then the next thing, you are there trying to be religious. Christ is saying no. He's saying these are the same people who are loving money. And I I want to say this, friends. Hear hear this warning. Hear this warning today. Especially for young people. You who are in universities, who are starting out in, in life, who are trying to get your jobs up and running, hear me. Hear me worldliness will cripple you. The world will cripple you. Devastating effects. I've seen friends who were believers, who said they are believers, but fell in love with the world and it killed them. And they never listened when they were warned. Say, no, you are walking a dangerous path. Flee from sin. Flee. No, 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 no. Pastor, you want to kill our joy. You're now a pastor now. You are holier than thou. May I enjoy life? When you meet them, it's like they want to run away from you. They don't want to see you. They don't want to even come close to you because their lives are a mess. They're broken. They've, they've, they've handicapped their spiritual lives. And when we plead with you, we we'll say, no, 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 please, the way you're going is wrong. People don't listen. Christians don't listen. And then you hear the story when you meet people ah, I was once converted to Christianity, but I'm no longer a Christian. No, you were never saved. Because if you knew true salvation, if God had done a work in your heart, you would never be. You would have never left the church. you would have never been given to the world. And this is why we get worried when young men chase after the forbidden women. When young women are given to idolatry, this is why we tremble. This is why we cry. This is why we mourn. This is what breaks our hearts. because the word of God is true. The word of Jesus is unchangeable. It's true, what he says will come to pass, and these people who were watching him did not see this. Hmm. Are you like this, my friend? And i plead you repent and believe in jesus for salvation you need conversion you need to be saved you need a divine transformation you need a heart transplant and to the christian i would say flee worldliness Flee the deceitfulness of riches and the love of money and preoccupation. Flee from that, oh friend. I plead, otherwise the consequences will be dire. You'll be handicapped. Just a matter of time. This is not even a prophecy. It's in the word of God. Matter of time, you'll be gone. Gone with the world. I wish we could go more into this because I know there's a lot to say about money and and all these things. But I want us to see the fourth person who is quite distinct from the other three people who are in one category. This one is in a category of his or her own. Look at verse 8. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced... Green, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Ah, how I love the Lord Jesus Christ. How I love His word. He comforts the broken-hearted. He comforts the weary. because after this word, I'm sure there were people who were frightened to death, they, 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 they didn't know what to do. It's almost like they were saying, Master, Master, what shall we do with this word? And Jesus comforts them. He comforts them by saying that there are the seeds which fell on good soil. He's talking about the converted. He's talking about the one who has truly been saved. He's talking about the one who is truly a believer. There is no question about it that even when the world and its cares come, yes, he may fall, yes, he may stumble, but he's back to his God. Yes, he may be tempted. Even when persecution arises, there are some Christians who flee, but they'll be back Even for a season, his heart may be hardened. Even for a season, he may be struggling with sin. He may be coming to church and not hearing the preaching of God's word. He may be coming to church and there's, the, the songs are not meaning anything to him. But he will bounce back. Not because of his own doing, but because of God's grace. I want you to note that the good soil does not represent good people. It represents the people who when the word of God is preached, in time, God does a work in their hearts. So the good soil has already been prepared by God himself. Those people are not good in and of themselves. They've got nothing to write home about. You're just a sinner. But God in his sovereign grace, in his loving kindness, he sows his seed and you are already prepared to receive it. You are already prepared to, 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 to produce fruit. And notice, I want, you, I want you to see the language here. That those good soil which produced a hundredfold. Friends, when someone is a Christian, you don't have to ask whether they are Christian. They produce fruit a hundredfold. They are growing in grace, in humility, in love, in kindness, in fervor, in hating sin. They are growing hundredfold. You 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 you, you can even ask yourself, man, I wish I was like that person. And the fruit is not something that they produce themselves. It's the fruit that comes with salvation. It is the fruit that distinguishes you from the ordinary harari man or woman. That God has done a mighty work in your heart such that you cannot help. It's not something that you can suppress. The fruit comes. Growing in grace, in humility, in thankfulness, in gratitude. And loving the Lord all the more because he has first loved you. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth, the whosoever believeth is the one here that is spoken about, that is producing the fruit. Not even producing, but showing fruit. Hundredfold. Sixty thirty. Jesus gives an answer. Verse 23 of chapter 13. He says, As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold. In another, sixty. And in another, thirty. Jesus is saying, not all Christians will be the same. For one reason or another, Jesus has created us differently such that there are some Christians who will grow faster than others. There are some Christians who will grow more exponentially than others. There are some Christians who will actually be glaring more than others. It does not mean that those who are not really showing multiple fruit are not Christians. It does not mean so. And friends One thing that I I wanted to mention Was that these people who are saved They know that God has saved them So they don't boast about their salvation They are not to think of themselves better Than other people But if we are to be honest with ourselves Christians think that they are better than non-believers Instead instead of being angry and fighting them, we must be compassionate and have pity. We must not shove them around like the, like the playground bully. Because I, th- I think sometimes we as Christians, we go on pushing non-believers and say, you're not saved, it's, you're not saved, you're not saved. We must be compassionate. Knowing as well that we, God had pity on us. We don't deserve the salvation. And and, and I want you to do this. I don't want you to focus on the people who are saved in this category. But focus on the one who saves. (laughs) Focus on the one who sows. And that is why salvation brings glory to God, not glory to man. Salvation brings glory to God. That's why the Reformer said, Solidio Gloria. The man who's bearing fruit must do it in humility. Oh how we need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. These people were probably sitting there, those who were hardened, even more hardened, those who were religious, even more religious, those who, even, those who were uh, sort of, you know, caring about the world, we're becoming even more wealthy and probably leaving the crowd. But even amongst that crowd, Jesus was saving those people. And it is through his work and person that we come to know him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father Apart from Jesus, no one can bear fruit apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. No one can come alive apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. That's why we preach Jesus and Jesus only. He is the way to salvation. And friends, I want to read to you what Jesus said. In another parable. Matthew chapter 13 verse 41. Is talking about the parable of the weeds. And I'll end with this. Staggering word. The son of man will send his angels. And they will gather out of his kingdom. All causes of sin. And all law breakers and throw them into the fern, into the throw them into the fiery furnace in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth verse 43 then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father he who has ears let him hear